Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I am your host, George Evian. This is episode 12. I'll start off by apologizing for not getting an episode out last Friday and earlier this week. It is Wednesday, but I do appreciate all the support that we've received. If you can do me a favor and like and share this on any platform that you will come across it, it will really help us out as we continue to grow this. So we're on episode 12. We're having a number of guests lined up. If you're interested in being a guest, we love to have you on. If this is kind of your niche, leadership, coaching, team dynamics, um, you know, um, environment, culture, motivation, development, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you could say we're throwing too wide of a net out there, but those are the things that interest me um, and interest me professionally and uh, things I do um, on uh, on the side, so to speak. And so, you know, if, you, if that is your wheelhouse, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to get in touch with me. But we're going to jump right into this. We're going to try to keep this episode to be around 20 minutes or so instead of our uh, typical 45 minutes. But let me ask you this question as you are driving to or from work or sitting around on a treadmill or whatever it might be. The Super Bowl was just played. Kansas City Chiefs, two Super Bowls last four years. A lot of lessons in there. We've talked about some of the things in the last episode or two about team dynamics and being a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals and some things that they did that happened to them in the the, uh, the AFC championship game. And But I, there's a lot going through my mind. It's interesting just the amount of respect that I have seen in the media um, and from other coaches and, and so many leadership lessons. There, there's always a sports spin in our conversation. Um, I watch a lot of sports and I watch uh, any sport, right, uh, for the most part. Right. But when that game was over and Kansas City won, man, just the acknowledgement, the celebration, the uh, the praise that was shown to Andy Reid, the head coach, what his coordinators, what his coaches, what his players, what his former players, former coaches, all these people. The one thing I heard a lot about was there's nobody more deserving in the NFL than Andy Reid. I've heard that said. Right this just kind of blanket statement out there, but you've heard it from so many people, the love, the admiration that people have for that, for him, for that guy, right? Which just leads you to believe of the impact that you're having as a leader, how you're going through your career. I had somebody say this this week and I don't know who it was. It wasn't where I work. It wasn't, you know, it was just some random thing about be careful of that person because that person wants power and that person wants money and be careful, be on the lookout. And I was like, wow. Right. Even when that happened, I was like, wow. Like I wouldn't want that said about me. I wouldn't want to say like, Oh, George is only interested in that position, that power, that land grab, that paycheck, that bonus. Or would you want to be Andy Reed? There's nobody more deserving to win that Super Bowl than Andy Reid. He grinded. He paid his dues. He was with the 49ers as a coordinator, you know, and then he was a head coach for the Eagles and never got to the, it may have got to a Super Bowl, never won a Super Bowl, ends up in Kansas City, rebuilds that from a 2-14 and 14 franchise into what they are now. And people are saying, it wasn't, it wasn't a power grab. It wasn't a money grab. It wasn't a land grab. It wasn't a, I'm all this. But it was everybody sitting around saying there's nobody more deserving 
to the shine, to the success, or to the trophy than that guy. Wouldn't that be great to have that said about you? And then, then I listened to his his coaches speak about him in press conferences since they've won. Of he he doesn't he he essentially said this, and I don't this isn't verbatim, but I believe that that this was said. Um, but it was he lets you do your job. He said, "I've never this this was the offensive coordinator, uh, uh, B enemy, I believe, right where it's." He there's never he's never been a part of a team or an organization where it's there's everybody gets along. There's no ego. You may not have the right answer, but you're not shot down for it. Um, you're you're uh, it's a safe place to bring up, you know, different strategies, different ideas, and you won't get laughed at or ridiculed or. But in that sport, that alpha sport, where you want to become a head coach. You want to become a coordinator. You want the recognition. You want your name in the paper for the right reasons. All this sort of stuff, right? To where you sit there and you hear about the Chiefs and you hear about their culture. You hear about their environment. You hear about their leadership and their head coach where you have people say, we all get along. We're all grateful to be here. We all serve one another. We have no ego and it's a safe place to try different ways of doing things and you just and then they circle back to and it's all because of Andy Reid right so it's this idea of he lets you do your job he doesn't micromanage he's not you know he's not tearing you down about everything does he coach does he lead does he inspire does he tell you to do things a certain way when so when when he feels it's needed probably so Probably so, but I have those things said and have that um, organized and to have that said about you is significant when you're trying to build. Now, keep in mind, he took over a four, a two and 14, I believe program, right? And then you sit there and you build it up to where you now have two Super Bowls in four years. This is not a, it's a sports story, sport analogy, you know? But it's it's us as as we're building our teams. You know, you are, how are you going to lead? Get and then did he get lucky? Did he get lucky with the best tight end maybe ever play? Did he get fortunate that he has a quarterback that people are saying could be, you know, win win two more? Wow, yeah. So, did he hire the right people? Did he hire the right people to fit his culture? Did he hire the right people to that have a skill set for the? the way that he wanted to play? Yes. Did he get lucky with those two guys? Yes. Has he created an environment and a culture where people that are on other teams or play for different companies that they want to now come and play for him? Yes. Is Kansas City, Miami? Is it San Francisco? Is it LA? Is it Chicago? Is it New York? No. But do people want to go there now? Because of the culture, the environment, the the success, the winning, the other people that are on the team, yes. So, well, how are you with your team and company? Are you that servant leader? Are you that person that is building a culture from being two and fourteen to then sitting around saying, "What does the best look like?" And we've talked about this in other podcasts. What does the best look like? What does great look like? What does great sound like? What does great feel like? 
How can I hire the right people? How can I hire Mahomes and Kelsey? Now they were brought in via draft, but you understand the point I'm making. How can I hire? And then how can I hire a guy? Like, I, I love this. I love, I love thinking about this stuff. They drafted a guy in the seventh round named Pacheco. Seventh round out of Rutgers. Seventh round. That is the last round, if you don't know, and if you're not a football guy. So he was in the last round, meaning you every single team in the league at least six times passed on this guy. That means he was drafted somewhere around 225 to 250. So there are 200 better players than this guy. Guy's name's Pacheco. And now he starts and he's a significant piece. Most seventh rounders don't make it. So the point of this is, can you get that marginal person? Can you hire that great person with a, a skill set you see something in? And a, a character and an integrity that is uh, elite. And can you then enhance their skill set to have them be like, hey, they redo that draft. He's a first or a second round pick. I And I, I'm guessing, right? He, he was that good, right? Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, drafted in the sixth round. So he didn't look good on tape. But you, what you don't have on tape is the the other values, the work ethic, the habits, the routines, the determination, the chip on the shoulder, the I'm in here first in the off. So are you hiring for that? Do you have those people on your team? Look around your team. Who's your seventh round draft pick that is that you got lucky on, that you can coach, lead, that you get them in the right environment, right culture, right? So the other thing where, yeah, they drafted, but they drafted Kelsey and Mahomes but they got him in the right environment, right culture to flourish and to be the best. So are you doing that? Are you doing that with whom you're hiring? Then do you have an environment and a culture to where everybody on the outside sees what you're doing and that they now want to be a part of it, right? You could say like in the software world, whatever that is, right? Apple, Google, Facebook, whatever it is like, you know, there's, there's, I remember uh, my brother who works here locally and has an amazing team, one of the best software teams around and people go to where my brother works. Now he's only been a few places. He's only been a few places, but when he got the new job, some of these elite people in the area that are really good at what they do all ended up working for him because of the environment, the culture, the leadership, the support, the, you know, there does pay roll into that. Absolutely. People want to be compensated well. Right. So he, but that's because of the culture and environment. Right. But even those people that work for like my brother, one, you know, one of his best guys was like, Hey, I want to go to Google. Like, Hey, I got this opportunity to go work for Amazon or Google or Apple or Facebook or whatever it is. Right. Those are the best. So do you do that as a team? Like when you're two and 14 and taking over the worst program in the league, do you sit there and say, what does four and 13 look or four and 13, four and two, whatever it is, right? What does a suit like? We can't be talking about Super Bowls. Can't even like we're, we've won two games. So we can't talk about winning Super Bowls because we're not even good yet. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's garbage. Cause I would sit back and say, what does, what do we need to do here on a daily, weekly, quarterly, yearly 
long-term. Like we may not, hey, we're two and 14. And we may be four and 12 next year or six and 10 or nine and seven, whatever it is. But I know we're going to hire well. I know we've got the right process systems in place. I know we have the right leaders slash coaches. I know that we're going to hire well and draft well. I know that we're going to have an environment that everybody wants to come to. I know that we're going to have leadership that's humble, that values people, that understands the process, that's going to uh, get along, as they, as they said. And I know this will be a destination, right? And if you think about those things with your team, right, that those will be the things you go to. So I wanted to get that. Like, I didn't mean to go off on that because I do want this uh, podcast to be 20 minutes. Right. But the other thing I was thinking about was as it relates to maybe kind of the Super Bowl and why I kind of went to that. Could you imagine rolling out to the Super Bowl where there's no plan? No plan. And that you win or lose, you win the Super Bowl, and that there is no celebration. And that the post game thing, that there's nobody talking about how well the team did or hoisting a trophy up, that there was none of that. Right. Could you imagine rolling out to the biggest event? And even if there was a celebration that the leadership didn't acknowledge the acknowledge it or that there is no plan that you go through two weeks of planning with the Super Bowl and you make it to the Super Bowl and there's no plan or that you start the season and there's no plan and you don't practice. Can you imagine that? Like, no, that would never happen. So we're going to plan training camp. We're going to plan our first games. We're going to have a system that we can execute. They are going to have a system and a process, all those NFL teams, of how we work, how we're organized, how we communicate, how we meet, how we practice, how we travel, everything. Everything is that detailed at that, le at that level. And they do it from week one to week now 17. It used to be 16. And they just rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat for 17 weeks. Then you roll out into the playoffs and then you have your systems. And you, I, re, I remember hearing the guys that make the playoffs or that make the Super Bowl. And they essentially say, we're not changing our, pro we're not changing our plans. We're not changing our process. We're going to do what we do. You hear the head coach of the New England Patriots continue to say, hey, I'm just focused on the next week. We've got our system. We've got our process. We know what we do Monday. We know what we do Monday at 8 a.m., at 10 a.m., at 5 p.m. We know what we're doing Tuesday at 12. Like, they've got it down. So can you imagine not having that at that level? And then you would say what? Well, you're going to be 2 and 14. You're going to be really, really bad, right? There's the, the phrase from Abraham Lincoln that, hey, if I got to chop this tree down in six hours or seven hours or eight hours, something like that, I'm going to spend my first five hours or six hours just sharpening my ax. I'm going to spend 90% of my time, 80% of my time getting organized, sharpening my ax, developing the process and all that. Because I, I, and the reason I'm, this is top of mind for me today is I was just in a meeting where some people were kind of, um, you know, putting some shine on me a little bit. And it's not a me, me episode or a me thing, but it was just, and I got kind of uh, not, not aggressive with it, but really passionate about it, right? Because I was like, this is our Super Bowl. Us delivering this software in the time that they want it and with the milestones they have in place is our Super Bowl. It's our opportunity to win. 
It is our opportunity to put shine on the team. It is our time for the team and the people that are responsible for this deliverable to stand on a stage and put a trophy in the air. And the only way to do that is to have our process is to be organized and have a process in place that is elite. So we can stand on the stage. So it all, so my mind started circling back to what if we didn't plan for the Super Bowl? What if when we won the Super Bowl, the coaches and leaders were on the stage and didn't think it was a big deal? And what if they didn't give the trophies to the players? What if they took all the credit? What if the head coach, Andy Reid, won the Super Bowl, stood on the stage, didn't let his players on the stage? Normally, all the, not all, normally a number of the players are on the stage. And normally, the head coach immediately takes the trophy and gives it to his team and his players. And then you have a Patrick Mahomes that hoists the trophy up in the air. And then usually when they interview the, the, the quarterback, in this case, Patrick Mahomes, usually he puts the shine on the team and off of himself. So what if none of that happened and the coach was on the stage by himself and continued to say how great he was in, in that win? I see that in organizations. I see that. So carve out your Super Bowl, sharpen your axe, 80%, stand on the stage, and it's okay to stand on the stage with them. I have seen coaches on that stage immediately give the trophy over and then walk off the stage. I've seen that. So walk off the stage, leave your players up there, give them the trophy, and let them take all the shine. And then. If you lose, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you stand there and you take the news conference, you put it all on yourself, which that I believe that coach did, right? To protect your team, right? So my, the idea of this was when I was talking with this group this morning was about this is our Super Bowl. Let's win. We've got it carved out. Then on the other side, make sure you have your process in place. Make sure you're or make sure you are sharpening your axe. The 80% is sitting there under a tree, sharpening your ax before you even take a swing. The swinging part is the easy part. If you've got elite teams, which we do where I happen to work, sharpen your ax and let them swing. Sharpen the ax and let them swing and get and just knock the tree down. But if you're not sharpening your ax and you're going in there with an X-Acto knife, and you're trying to get this tree down, and all you have is a box cutter, it's going to take you forever. And then you're not going to chop it down, and then when you finally get it chopped down, it's going to be too late, not the right thing, not in the time they want it, it's not going to be important anymore, and, and then you're going to sit there and take all the shine anyway. So make sure that as you kind of roll through, you got to know what your wins are, and I, I told this group, these are our wins. The only way we mess this up is if we're not organized, we don't know what we're trying to chop down and that um, we don't set our teams up because we have elite teams. And if we don't put them in a position to be great, let then let the leader stand on the stage, take the trophy, but hand the trophy off. So can you imagine if Andy Reid and all these other coaches and the Kansas City Chiefs rolled out for the Super Bowl with no plan they'd get crushed they'd get crushed 
I bet you when they won that Super Bowl one, I bet you it was just a machine. They've been doing this. They've been they've won two Super Bowls in four years, two Super Bowls in four years. You don't think they know what their process is? You don't think they're always grooming it to make it better? You don't think it's a safe place where they could strategize and figure out ways? That, yes, but I'm sure that 80, 90% of that stuff is just their DNA. What is the DNA of your team? What is the DNA of your process? So that, I think, is the sports story I kind of wanted to share that was on top of mind. I wanted to get to all this. Um, I wanted this to be about a 20-minute thing, but those were top of mind things just in terms of watching the Super Bowl. One, having a leader, a coach in place that the entire community sits there and says, there's nobody more deserving to win this than him. What would they say about you? And then on the other side, how are you organizing your, your teams so they can win? How detailed are you on the process? Right? I mean, the acknowledgement I got today was, George, you have this down. I, we need to be doing this. I love how you have it. I love how you talk about it. I love how passionate you are about it because we need to make sure we can do this with this group, this group, this group, and this group. And I'm like, yes. Right? Like, hey, let's just, let's get this team and let's get these releases. Let's get these wins. Let's, this team that is doing this work is amazing. And how can we organize it in such a way that it's like, if we don't organize it, if you're not organized, if Andy Reid is not organized, and if he doesn't have a plan of attack and he rolls out, who takes the heat? If when they mess it up, who takes the heat in the, in the media and on the internet and on social media, those players do, those players do. Now, does the leader, does the coach? Yes. But man, those Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and all these other people would get destroyed because they're not prepared. Because they didn't have a plan. They didn't execute something. There wasn't a game plan, et cetera. Why would you not do that? To, why would you do that? Why would you do that to your professional teams? Because at the end of the day, they're going to take the heat. Why would our software teams... Why would we put them in a position that things that they aren't even that involved, they are involved in the planning. They are, and they're involved in the execution of the plan. But why wouldn't we be over the top of the plan so they can shine as opposed to not having a, a, a detailed, exhaustive um, plan that they can execute? And if we don't do that, they just take the heat. They, they shouldn't even be close to that heat. They should only be close to the shine, if that makes sense. But many times, if they don't execute it, it's on them. It, I mean, it, many times, if there is no plan, not a well-detailed plan, not organized, then they take the heat for something that, man, like that's, I wish our coaches and leadership would have done that. It's your job to keep the shine on them. So be over the top with the organization. Be over the top with the process. Be humble enough to take the feedback of how to make it better, even if it's contradictory to what you're used to or want to do or whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, you got to have the win, your Super Bowl, and you got to have the shine on the team on the stage with the trophy and walk off the stage. Walk off the stage. Let them shine because they you will get more out of them 
with that. They would, there's nobody more deserving than that guy. So listen, we'll cut it right there. 24 minutes. I appreciate this. I'm sorry for no episode Friday and no episode yesterday, but this is our Wednesday episode. And I appreciate uh, those people that listen. I really appreciate the people that, uh, you know, share this stuff, like this stuff, comment on this stuff, typically on LinkedIn. Um, and, but, and, and I appreciate the, you know, the drip that we put out there and the people that uh, support that as well. So listen, connect with me on LinkedIn and um, please share this uh, with anybody and please comment on this. I love the back and forth and I love ways that we can make this better, but also maybe your perspective on this, right? Um, and we'll put this up there and uh, anything you can do to help is always appreciated. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you.